0: October 31st, 2023, we're in Masechet Babakama At the very beginning at Daf Bet Amud Aleph. And let's uh, quickly review uh, what we learned in the Mishnah and bring out one idea and then continue in the Gemara uh, from where we left off. Uh, the idea at the end of the Mishnah was that the Mishnah mentioned four avot Mizikimis, four primary classifications, situations, where if a person's property, or according to one opinion in Mav'e, even yourself, damaged another, or another's property more specifically, under those circumstances you're liable for penalty of payment. You have to pay in those circumstances. But the specific words at the end of the Mishnah that described, these are four primary situations, and from them, if you recall those words at the end, the sad ha the common denominator is, and we've laid out a few details, from that you can derive all other situations that are similar that you'd be liable to pay, that you'd be hayav uh, benizikim. Now those words at the end of the Mishnah in terms of the common denominator were, well, several-fold. Number one, darkan Hazik. Everything that was mentioned, the shor, the bor, the mave, the heva'eh, is darkan Hazik. It's a typical activity, action, reality for each of these things that they'll damage. The second words over there are somewhat telling. And in turn, the responsibility of safeguarding is upon you. And lastly, we'll return to those words. And therefore, when they damage, of course, that's the punchline, you have to pay for it. But those first two are the common denominator. And so I put a list of several things. I say, what's the common denominator? I'll look at those. I say, oh, okay. Anything that shares those characteristics will be likewise. Again, darkan hazik. It's typical for them to damage. Ushmiratan alecha. Those next two words, ushmiratan alecha, as being part of the sad are very telling because those two words show us that there's a responsibility an obligation, maybe even even an isur if you don't do so to make certain that your property doesn't damage others. That's very significant. It means we're not only dealing with financial liabilities, we're dealing with as well a mitzvah ta'aseh or potentially mitzvah lo from the Torah. That can be glossed over. I remember I was maybe in ninth or tenth grade. I was praying in a a shul on East 24th and Avenue P, and one of Rabbi uh, Chaim Kanievsky's sons was visiting for Sa'udash Elishit. He was talking about this issue, this topic at Sa'udash Elishit. He was quoting from his grandfather's book, that's Kehilot Yaakov, that's the Stipler Gaon, and he was dealing with the issue of what's the Isur of Nizikim? For me, who had studied already a little bit of Masechet Bava Kama it was an eye-opening experience because you can learn all of Masechet Bava Kama which deals with the responsibility, the fines, the penalties with regards to if your property damages another if you even damage another and not stop to realize and think about The fact that this is Asur, we're not just dealing with while this happened and as a result I'm obligated. It's rather at the beginning, before anything is said and done, the Torah is teaching me a certain way of life. This is Asur, it's not only a way to fix it or a way to make up for it, it's Asur. Well, what is the Isur? In this book, Kihilot Yaakov, again Rabbi Yaakov Yisrael Kanievsky, he details what's already well known, several of the opinions in the Rishonim, I want to briefly Uh, go over them with you with regards to what's the obligation to safeguard your property and make certain that you don't damage others by means of it. The very beginning of Masechet Avot, Rabbeinu Yonah, one of the great Spanish Rishonim suggests that Nizikin is a derivative of the Isu in the Torah of Lotigzol Not committing thievery in turn would be translated into stealing from another person by means of damaging their property Damage their property, you diminished in the value of whatever they have That's effectively stealing Alternatively Yad Rama, that's Rebi Meir Abu La'afya in his commentary to Maseche Bava Batran Daf Vav suggests it's either Lifne The Torah prohibits putting a stumbling block in front of a person who's blind meaning leading a person down a difficult uh, road into a hard situation by damaging them you're effectively doing so or alternatively, maybe the easiest you have to love your brother your neighbor like yourself and in turn you can't damage their property And again what am I doing in all this I'm trying to underpin our Masechet and explain to you we won't only be dealing with damages, we'll also be talking about fundamentals with regards to our responsibility to others. It's not just if I did this, here's what I pay. Realize there are many pesukim in the Torah that ward us off, that remind us, that caution us be careful with your property. Make certain that you're not affecting another person's property negatively. <laughs> He quotes a... Uh, he- so these are important questions. For other reasons, you're not going to be, but you're right, and you know, you'd have to, and maybe we'll have opportunity to do so. so what Jesse's saying is it's the difference between if it's a mitzvah and mitzvah lot ta'asiya going to play out in terms of, are they going to be nafka minot? Is it going to be lashes as well as, well, as, is it going to be dependent upon who can judge it, etc.? They There are important questions to be asked, but yes, there are going to be such questions which are uh, a little bit uh, dealt with by some of the aharonim. Rosh, significant at least in my mind, cites a pasuk, it's a pasuk that's not per se at uh, the tip of our tongues in these sorts of contexts, but it describes the Torah. The Torah is darke noam, the Torah is a way of pleasant doing, and as a result, this is antithetical to the Torah. It can't be that the Torah expects us to live a life in which we don't care about another person's property, because after all, the Torah at its core is and all of its ways are uh, bringing forth um, safety, security, and peace to others. Uh, some of the Aharonim alternatively cite that it's maybe a Kol from HaShavat Aveda, that's Rashash. If you have to, if you find someone else's property, retrieve it to them, bring it to them, Well, Kol sheken, you certainly have to make certain that they don't lose it in the first place. Among many others, Kihilot Ya'akov himself suggests that it's derived from the mitzvah of Dayanim. After all, one of the mitzvot that we learned about in two weeks ago, Parashav, Uh, where the Torah describes that there's a a necessity for even Bnei Noach to put up for themselves a and we learned in the Sanhedrin, a separate mitzvah, shofetim v'shotirim, and so forth. Uh, We have an obligation to bring forth a judicial system to make certain that there's justice and, and righteousness in our communities. Well, they're going to be judging by definition if someone took from another even by means of damage, that in turn means that it's responsibility upon you to listen to their words. It's a perhaps from the Torah, from the Mitzvah of Dayanim to make certain that they are not mazik. Either way you slice it, each one of these interpretations and suggestions being significant, for me it's a necessary introduction to the Masechet, because as I mentioned, 9th or 10th grade Avi Harari learned the Masechet, or most of it, and didn't think for a moment, although he should have throughout, about the fact that we're talking not only about financial, what they'd call torts, we're furthermore talking about values, ethics, the ways of the Torah very important and significant. All right, now, to the meat of the sugya that we began, the Gemara began, if you recall, by questioning and realizing. If the Mishnah talks about avot, it means there are toledot as well. If it's referring to fathers, if there are parents, it means there's children, there's descendants, there's derivatives. And so the Gemara's initial question was, Olav Now, we didn't fully define those words. We'll see in Rashi at the top of Dafbet Bet a more full definition and specific as to the question, but loosely translated, it's a question of how closely affiliated are the toladot to the avot, in terms of law, in terms of essence, something along those lines. So let's go back to that question, and again, remember the Gemara introduced us to the halachot of Shabbat, so the very beginning of the Gemara, says the Gemara, from the fact that the Mishnah mentioned avot, we can deduce from this, that there are, sheyesh, toladot, there are toladot as well, and... And lest you be nervous that we're not going to know what those tola dot are, then it's too theoretical, right after we begin the initial discussion of this issue, the Gemara then goes into a long discussion detailing the toladot of each of those uh, the circumstances that we read about in the Mishnah. So it's coming. It's short in coming. We might even begin it today. So ask the Gemara, Tehen, kayoseh bahen olav kayose Are they kayose bahen? Do they derive from them in a full sense, in some way being either identical or very similar to the Avot? or not. So says the Gemara, let me give you two examples, and in turn, we'll analyze by Nizikin as well. Our issue is the Avot Nizikin, the four that are mentioned in our Mishnah. We'll first begin with Shabbat, Gabe Shabbat enan. In the context of Shabbat, the Mishnah and Massechet Shabbat and the Dafa'im Gimaltot, Avot Mela'kot 40 Hasir Ahat. Avot miklal di Toladot, so too over there, it's clear. If you're talking about thirty-nine principal Isurim on Shabbat, thirty-nine fathers, parents, it means they have children as well. It means there are derivatives. Now, the difference already, Rashi told us in the Mishnah is that an av is mefurash behediyah, is explicit in the Torah. A toleda is binding from the Torah, but it's not explicit in the Torah. A question in the Gemara is: so then, how different or how or different at all? Are they? Uh, that's the question in turn. It's not a question of whether it's from the Torah or not. This is all violations of Torah. Any the time we talk about an Av or a Toleda, sure from the Torah, not rabbinic speak, but biblical speech over here. And in turn, the Gemara says, What about on Shabbat? Question. So what about on Shabbat? So the statement is made clear from the onset. On Shabbat, the Toladot are kayose. In what way? What does it mean that kayose b'ayin? Again, that's the question we've been dancing around. What does it mean it's similar to? In what respect? Explains the Gemara, in the, at the very least, they're similar in the respect that punishment is identical. What do I mean by punishment being identical? La shena av hatat tolada hatat La av sekila, la tolada sekila The Gemara explains that If you did a bishogeg, whether an av or a tolada on Shabbat, you have to bring a korban hatat. If you did a bimezid, purposefully, you got put to death with sekilah. That's true both by the av and tolada. As I mentioned yesterday, we came up easily with two two avot and toladot right away. We said an Avon Shabbat is ofef. Ironically, it's that they baked the lechem ha panim. They baked the, uh, the bread for the uh, in the mikdash in the mishkan. Uh, mevashel is a toladam. So the Gemara over here is making clear for us same punishments irrespective of whether you did cooking or baking on Shabbat, whether it's the Av or the Tolada. The Av is planting seeds in the ground, Zorea. If you're Notea, if you take a uh, branch or you take a tree and you put it into the ground, that's called Notea, it's a Tolada. The only thing that's different, it appears in terms of the nature of the action, is it's not identical to what was done in the Mishkan, it's just similar enough. What's the punishment on each? Identical, that's what the Gemara is calling Tehen, Kayose bahen with regards to identical punishments. Uh, before we go onward, it's important already to note, because the Gemara will question now, so then what's the difference between an av and a tolada? We have to already be wondering, is everything identical or is the punishment only identical? What do I mean by that question? Are the details and the principles identical as well? or is it only the punishment? The fact that the Gemara is only zoning in on punishment is very telling. I'm going to give you a practical example in a moment, but that's already very telling, that the example for why toldotehen But if I say to you, he and I are identical, we're the same, we look the same, we both have the same hairline. So you say to yourself, you have the same hairline, you're both bald, it might be that nothing else is similar between the two of you. What do we mean by when we say they're identical? You gave me only one example, For example, he said that the punishment is identical. What does that mean about the other details? Do we do the same thing? Do we think the same way? Are we involved in the same matters? i say in other words, that's the question. You might say these words read simply means they're identical, they're exactly the same. Doesn't say that in the Gemara. It'll have major ramifications with regards to the halachot of Shabbat, which we'll address in a moment or two. Says the Gemara, "Umaika ben Av letoleda. So we began reading these words as well. Yes. So if that's the case, if an Av and a Tolada get the same punishment, so then why is one known as an Av and the other as a Tolada? What did distinguish them? Why are there only thirty-nine Avot? Why aren't there a hundred some Avot? Answers the Gemara. Two answers. One is a very practical answer, and the other one is a little bit more, at the very least, historical or maybe foundational. First answer says the Gemara. The practical halachic difference is the ilu avid shete avot bahadeh hadadeh iname shete toledot bahadeh hadadeh mehayev kol hada vhadah. Vilu avid av vtoleda dide la mechayev elah hadah. So the first principle of the Gemara, which is derived from Pesukim elsewhere, Maasechet Keritot, Maasechet Shabbat, the concept goes as follows: If a person were to forget that it's Shabbat, easiest way to talk about this, it's called the Heilin. Um, I forgot. I woke up in the morning. I didn't remember it was Shabbat. And in turn, I did two milachot, two separate milachot. I cut the tree and then I ground what I cut. And then I cut it into small pieces, what I said yesterday. In such a circumstance, or I ground it literally. I did two avot, I did an av and a different tolada. What's the Hayub? Two separate korban hatats. It's all while well, I forgot it's Shabbat. I did several milachot, I did 20 milachot, 20 korban hatats. That's a very financial taxing situation. Make sure you remember when it's Shabbat or not. Uh, What about if I did the Av and its Tolada? Uh, So I then went ahead and I cooked and I baked, or I did my gardening work, and I seeded and I planted. In such a circumstance, only one Korban Hatat. That's the halachic practical difference between an av and a toledah, that and only that. Without providing logic, the Gemara elsewhere learns this from Pesukim. Again, an av, the quote-unquote parent and its child, the father and its descendant. What's the halacha if it's one and the same, and they're done means to be it disappeared, I, I forgot, it disappeared from my mind that it's Shabbat, or the law and Shabbat, in such a circumstance, I'm hayav only one. If it's two avot, two different toledot as well, two separate obligations with regards to koban hatat. That and only that, according to this opinion, is what distinguishes them. Why is one known as an av and the other one? Well, first and foremost, it's what was in the mishkan and what wasn't in the mishkan. What's the practical difference this person suggests, hachamim? <laughs> well, there's a practical difference with regards to korbanot. Some in uh, with regard, no so and down and then same thing. That's a good question, though. No, it would be the same thing because it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with I did one activity. It doesn't mean I. The opposite. Ultimately speaking, I was in. The, the easiest way to articulate this is I was engaged in gardening. So, Av and Toledah, Av Zorea and Otea. You might ask me, what about Horesh? A different type of gardening, but that, that's the general picture and idea of that. As says the Gemara, this is all fine in terms of suggesting a practical difference. Between Av and Toleda, if I maintain that that's the Halakha. Ul Ezer, I'm now three lines from the bottom. The first word in the line Hayev <sighs> Av, but according to Rabbi Ezer, he disagrees with the whole premise that we just suggested. If you do the Av and it's Toleda. If you're zorea and notea, you're hayav tu korban Hatats according to the ezer Where does he get He Derives it from pesukim as well. Right there in masechet uh, kiritot. Uh, so according to his opinion, so then what's the difference between an av and a tolada? le'av, tolada? Ultimately speaking, they seem to be identical with regards to obligation. He answers the gemara, according to the ezer there's no practical difference. There's only a foundational difference. What do I mean by foundational? Where did this come from? How did you derive this? Hence is the Gemara. Says the Gemara, the difference would only be according to the Rebili Ezer, about whether it was significant with regards to the construction and upkeep of the Mishkan. If it was that action, Av. If it's an action that's similar in one way or another, Tolada, that's, that's what we have then um, settled here in the Gemara for us. How do we define, generally speaking, a tolada? Question. How does that argue with the first opinion? It's not arguing entirely, right? In other words, the first opinion, at the very least, hachamim, have a practical difference. But you have to argue, even according to the hachamim, that it's based on the mishkan. Right. You have to. According, right. to, according to the Beliezer, the Gemara says, so you're not gonna have a practical difference? And the answer is, yes. That's effectively it. It's not a fundamental machlok. <laughs> Yeah. It might be that's even why Rashi at the bottom here says, for one reason or another, says, Kulhu, the two lines on the bottom, Kulhu, Avot Melachot, Mishkan Gamrinana, uh, B'Masechet Shabbat. He might be hinting that that's going to be the reality, both for be the Ezer and for the Hakamim. But fundamentally, they're not being Holek. They just have different vantage points with regards to what's the difference between Aventole Toledah Hakamim Subsum. So, they have be the Ezer, they just have practical differences as well. Two Correct. That's the practical halacha difference. Words, but ultimately speaking, with regards to defining av and tolada, they agree. It's hach tehava ba mishkan hashibah. If we did the same av twice, if we did the av twice. But that's why I'm, it's confusing if I did the av twice. The he'elem mehad one hayyub. What, no, what, before we weren't saying he'elem mehad. This is all the he'elem mehad. So I did the av, then there is no difference that's right but if you did two separate avot or an av and a different toleda then it's two right. you could argue the first, the first is both that's right practically speaking according to the hachamim the av and its toleda with regards to hiuv are identical that's right, like if an Av and, an, and the Av again, you'd be Hayav once, the Av and its Toledah, you'd only yeah, yeah, be Hayav. It's funny, you we were thinking of what instead of the me that says. it sounds like he's disagreeing with me, but then the, his comments don't look all different. Uh, uh, you know, the Gemara has a, a shortcoming, a, a shortfall answer, and it says, amai kare le Av, amai kare le Toledah, and the answer is, uh, just because of the foundation. That's, that I, I don't have a, a better interpretation to it than that. How do you define a toledah and an av? Better yet, what is the definition of a toledah of an av? How do you define that this is its derivative? So the Gemara at the beginning of Masechet Mo'ed Katan, the very beginning, for one reason or another, gets into a conversation about if a person waters their garden on Shabbat. If a person does hashkaya on Shabbat, what's that? It's not one of the 39 melachot, what's that a tolada of? So it's a mahlok between rabba and Rav Yosef. Planting. Okay, planting is not an av. Is it zorea, is it seeding, mm-hmm. sowing, or is it alternatively horesh, plowing? Um, why, why would it be either one of them? Well, if it's zorea, as Morris argues, well, the reason it's zorea is because you're aiding the growth. You put the seed in, you're beginning the growth, you water it, you're beginning the growth as well. If it's alternatively horesh, if it's plowing, it's because the same way plowing fundamentally loosens up the ground, so too does water, it softens the ground as well. You see Tosafot right there point out that this is a fundamental difference with regards to how do I envision what a tolada is. Is a tolada similar with regards to action or similar with regard, in other words, outcome, what happened, or with regards to intention? My intention when I'm watering the ground is not to loosen the ground. My intention is, as you said, is to bring forth the growth. That's one way of defining, so therefore it's a tolada of zorea. Alternatively, but my action is one in which I'm loosening the ground. Whether that was my intention or not, maybe that's the way I define a av and its tolada. So the Gemara has two opinions. Harambam is uh, confusing at best on this matter because Harambam seems to Use both of them in different situations, different ways. So for example, Harambam says that the mila'cha of uh, migabin to make uh, cheese, is a mila'cha of boneh. He furthermore says, and this one we're all familiar with as well, is that if asiat ohil, if a person uh, p- makes a tent, that's melechet binyan as well. Well, those are two very different things. Whereas making the tent is similar with regards to intention, I'm constructing something, that's the definition av and tolada. With regards to making cheese, I'm not building something, I'm making cheese. But in terms of outcome, well I put pieces together, so it's similar in that respect to, um, to the av of binyan. In short, it's very difficult. It'll take a lot of time in Masechet Shabbat and elsewhere to truly articulate how the rabbis derived what's a tolada of what, but well, that's the general guidelines, those are the two ways of envisioning this, the Rav Yosef and Rabat, the beginning of Masechet Moed Katan. One last note before we continue onward, we'll talk about it in Hilchot Shabbat, and then we'll understand its relevancy to our Gemara, is the following uh, situation. You see the Gemara in Masechet Baba Kama and Dafa'in Gima Lamut Bet, the Gemara over there talks about a, something called Meparek. Meparek is more relevant than you believe, but Mefarek, the Gemara over there, its example is a person picks up a clump of of the uh, mud and throws it at a tree which has a cluster of grape of um, dates on it and in turn the dates fall down. There are two potential melachot over there: melechet tolesh uh, and uh, which is a toledav koseh and melechet mifarek. Those words, mifarek. those words come up often in Hilchot Shabbat. What does it mean to be mefarek To be mefarek an animal, means to take the, the saddle off or to take the burden off of it. In the Halachot of Shabbat, what does it mean? Well, you took down those things from the tree. Uh, does it mean it means unleashing something, something along those lines? Where does mifarek come from? mefarek is... From the, from the action that was probably done with the, um, the stalks from the ground when you separated the, uh, the chaff from the, uh, from the stalk of, of wheat, but uh, what av is mifarek? Rashi on Dafayim Gimal and Tosafot in the first opinion suggests it's a derivative of Disha of crushing. So again, we're talking about when you're separating in some respect, it's a derivative of crushing. And here's the most important part. Tosafot questions. How could mifarek be a tolada, a derivative of Disha? The Gemara says on Dach Tzadihe Masechet Shabbat that, that mifarek is the action that a woman, or more specifically over there, an animal when it's nursing, or when you're milking it rather, it's Melechet mifarek. All right, that could be. You're kind of separating something and unloading it. The biggest problem, and with this, the whole issue gets crystallized, is that the Gemara, one last Gemara on daf Ayin He says that disha, crushing, is only begiduleh karka only applies to things that grow from the ground. So let's piece all these things together for just a moment. Mefarek, the separation action, is associated with milking a cow, or a woman <coughs> potentially drawing milk from herself, while at the same time disha, which was connected to mefarik, is only with items that are grown from the ground. The obvious question is, a woman and a cow don't grow from the ground. Last I checked, it's true, we were created initially as such, but we're not giduleh karka. How could you apply mefarik if it is a derivative of disha? if the av is dash, and the tolada is Mifarik, how could you apply it to human beings or to animals which don't grow from the ground. That's the basic question of tosafot and therefore they suggest something different. Harambam maintains both. He says disha needs to be from gudule karka, while at the same time he says mifarik, which is a derivative of dash, is uh, for cholev, is when you milk, how does that make any sense? His son, Rabino Abraham ben Harambam, and this is the crux of it, suggested in a letter to Rabbi Daniel Habavli, in a famous letter in his book Berkat Abraham, he suggested that Avot and Toladot, although being similar in terms of their appearance, don't have identical rules and laws in terms of their details. That's the critical line. You understand that again? It means as much as our Gemara says, an Av and a Tolada have the same Chiyuv, Hatat, Sekila, Shogeg, and Mezid, in terms of their details, they don't need to accord directly one with the other. And therefore, the Tolada, Mefarek can be applicable even to non-Gidulei Karka. That's very telling for our issue in our Gemara potentially because when we talk about the nizikin, when we say are the toladot the same as the avot or not, what are we referring to? With regards to all the details or with regards to the fundamental chayyuv? Rashi will say to us at the top of Tafbet Amudbet, the question is whether you're hayav or not. That's his suggestion. That might work uh, with a harabam type of perspective. Reef, alternatively, in the back of the Gemara will suggest it has to do with the details. We'll talk about some of those details. That's a very interesting thing. It means that none of that meets the eye as we read, read the words of the Gemara. The Gemara just says, are they similar or are they not similar? Similar in what respect? Really, just in the general sense, like Bama has in the Chot Shabbat, or even in the details, that's very important already to be mentioned. We'll return to that thought, uh, but before that, again, the Gemara then is in the middle of a question. The question is, with regards to nizikin, todotehen kayoseh olav kayoseh right? Are the derivatives the same as the uh, primary uh, characteristics, uh, the classifications, or not? Shabbat, the same, in some respect. What about on Nizikin? We have one more case study. What's our other case study? It's called Tuma'an Tahara. What's Tuma'an Tahara? The ro- laws of ritual purity and contamination in halacha. It uh, says the Gemara, we have, so before we get to Nizikin, that's the Gemara, tumot. So we gave case study number one, Shabbat. Case study number two, tumat Tenan. The Mishnah says at the beginning of Masechet Kelim, Avot HaTumot. The following are, quote, the fathers, the the parents of Tum'ah, hasheres, Sheres is, they always say, creepy crawlers. The Mishnah, the beginning of Perek Shemona Sherasim in Masyaket Shabbat details the eight Sherasim. The eight creepy crawling things. If a person touches those things, he becomes contaminated. He has a certain Tumah. That's called an Av Tumah. Second one is Shichvat Zera. If a person touches the seminal emission uh, that a human being uh, lets forth, that also causes an Av Tumah. And tememet, and a person who touches a dead corpse as well becomes av hatuma. So again, any of those three situations are referred to as av hatuma. It's the first person to touch, not the first, it's the person who touched one of those three things. Toldotehen, what are the toladot? Lav kayosevayen. Well, we know that they're not kayosev, what is the toladah? Of each of those. So it goes like this. By Tuman Tahra, it's different than Shabbat. Shabbat, we said the Av is one action, the Tolada is a similar action. Nizikin was similarly suggesting the Av is one action, the Tolada is a similar action. In Tuman Tahra, it's altogether different. It goes like this. But I'm touching a Asheritz, I'm becoming aleinu, I'm not a Kohen. But anyway, I'm becoming Tameh. I touch that, and then I touch uh, A.B. Cohen. Uh, that was, I'm now the Av. He's the Tolada now. Right, said that's, that's a step removed. So it makes a lot of sense that when it comes to Tuman Tahara, it's gonna be different than Shabbat. Shabbat, you told me the Av in some way or another, I just confused you a bit in terms of Av and Tolada, but they're similar, it's the same action, it's just in a different context, it's just with a different intention. When it comes to this, it's a step removed clearly defines which Tameh was Tahor. Correct, but they have different details, we're gonna find out right now, and we shouldn't be surprised that when it comes to Tum'an Tahara they have different details. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's a step removed, it's a different type of tolada. As I could say, uh, this is uh, related to me, how related? It's my son or it's my cousin? What's it's a tolada that's in the Torah, so it's, it's very different. No, these are not in the Torah. They okay. the like the, that. Okay, give, give it a minute, I hear you. So it says the Gemara, The Toladot are not identical, why not? The When it comes to the Av, Hatumah, one of those three we just mentioned, that person, if they in turn touch a person, I mentioned Abi, I'm sorry, or they touch utensils, clothing or something else, they can impart tuma. the Tolada, meaning the second generation tumah can only be mitameh chalinu mashkin, foods and drinks, but a human being doesn't get tumah and utensils don't either from the tolada. You're right, Jesse, the tolada is furthermore different when it comes to tumah and tahara because it's not defined as a difference between whether it's in the Torah or not. It's defined as a difference in proximity, in closeness or not. Which means, ultimately speaking then, the Gemara has given us two case studies. It shouldn't be so hard for us to initially say when it comes to Nizikin it's going to be Kyosephaem I and that would make most sense. Shabbat the Toladot were defined as derivative because they're most similar, not just a biological connection, it's a feature that's so similar when it comes to Tuman Taharat it's because it's a step removed. So on Shabbat we said Kayosebahim. We're probably going to say the same thing by uh, Nezikin, says the Gemara, what's the Halakha? my four lines from the top, Amarav, Papa, yesh mehen k'yoseh bahen, VeYesh mehen lav bahen, some of the Toladot will be k'yoseh how are we translating that? Similar to, identical to the Avot, and some will not be. Oh, it is very enigmatic, very mysterious what he means. It's gonna take us a daff and a half to figure out what he's talking about, but we can already suffice at the question for now and remember Rashi's definition too. What does it mean over here? We'll read it tomorrow, says Rashid. The question is whether you're Hayav on the Tola dot or not. Not whether the details are identical, but whether you're Hayav. Reef will understand that difference. No, if I touched A.B. and A.B. touches someone else, that person's not Tameh, nothing. He maintains his.